it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Gridiron Blitz Podcast, your weekly source for women's American football, insights, game recaps, and NFL News Weekly. Subscribe on Apple and iHeart. Is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. Sign up to a Monkey Night Fight. Use the code NGF. You get started right there. Welcome to the Blitz. Oscar Lopez in the house, episode 422. Uh, we're going to have a great show today. we got Terry Lister here coming up in a couple minutes here. We're also going to dive into the big matchups in the WNFC week four, preview week five. We're going to dive into Sweden, Week 5, Division 1 map matchups there. We're going to recap WFA Pro Week 3, plus preview Week 4 in terms of key matchups with Mark Simone, uh, Nate Ward, myself. We're also going to dive into three awesome guests today uh, in the house. We're going to have the talented quarterback of the New York Wolves, former New York Shark standout. That is Danielle Ayala coming in here to talk about the 2022 New York Wolves in Division 2 in the WFA. We're also going to have two talented rookies in the WNFC with uh, Brittany O'Connor and also Kylie O'Connor, two of the standouts uh, in the Oregon Ravens. Talk about the season so far for them, what the expectation will be for the second half of the season. So a lot of things to dive into, into the uh, Gridiron Blitz episode 422 today. We're also going to invite you guys over to the hub at facebook.com forward slash Beauties. Get all the lowdown that's happening in the sport right there. Week three action, week two action, uh, Boston, D.C., Minnesota, uh, WFA uh, Division Two, which is the Wolves, Baltimore as well. As, and then uh, also diving into everything that's happening into the international scene as uh, Liga Elite Monterey is going to come up in a little bit. Uh, we've got Lafay Norte starting as well. Exley kicking off in June uh, this coming weekend. The Canadian season kicks off with the WWCFL. If you're at the Hub uh, and Facebook.com, you get to notice that uh, the Regina riots in in-house, as well as the Saskatoon Valkyries. If you're, thanks to everybody to going to IG at our Instagram on IG. Appreciate you guys diving into our stories uh, every week and every other day. Uh, we appreciate that. Um, thanks for everybody for sending us things for stories. All our network partners there. So we really, really appreciate that. So let's bring in uh, Coach Terry Lister here. We've got to give him the rundown in terms of what happened here in the WFA. So, Coach, how's it going? Not too bad, Oscar. Good to uh, be back on. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So, uh, Coach, um, I think, you know, we've got to get into this huge season. As we get into the middle of the seasons in both leagues, uh, key matchups mm-hmm. start to be, take a, a lot of, you know, more importance. So especially right now in the WFA, as we get into uh, – 
the uh, you know scope of the WFA season in terms of pro. That's what we're focusing mostly on. But uh, you know, like we're going to have our guests coming in here in about 15 minutes. Danielle uh, Ayala of the Wolves. D2 really also kind of critical in that sense. And then we take in consideration the Massey ratings, even more crucial in terms of who your uh, who your opponent is and who are you actually putting up points against and who the victories come from. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get into the uh, meat and potatoes of the, of the season for both leagues. And so, like you said, really pivotal uh, part of the season to see where people, you know, teams are going to separate. Um, people are going to break away into, obviously, playoff caliber teams. And some people are going to go the other way and, and prove that they're not quite there yet. So, interested to see, um, you know, kind of who separates themselves at this point in the season. All right. Coach, let's dive into this. Um, and before we dive into it, guys, don't forget, go to uh, Monkey Knife Fat. Use the code NGF, the NBA playoffs right now, NHL, MMA, PGA, just about every other prop you can think of. It's easy, easy uh, platform, more or less. If you can figure that out, you're able to win three times your money. So if uh, we give you $5 free play, you win a, a good prop on there. It's going to be $15 right off the bat. So pretty easy money to do if you're inclined, especially right now with the NBA and the NHL in that sense. All right. Um, coach, uh, no surprise, uh, Boston on the road, uh, also on a donut shop mentality, 47 to zero. Uh, they just keep it rolling. Yep. <laughs> I mean, Boston's Boston. Uh, as far as the WFA goes, um, especially that pro division, Boston is the class of the league. Uh, we were hoping for, uh, more a closer game with DC, but we know how that went. And, um, you know, unfortunately that's kind of just, it, it is what it is kind of similar to results when Texas elite plays, play, plays teams in WNFC. Um, you can see that the, the uh, scores are dramatically different um, as opposed to when they play other teams. So until, until further notice, Boston is a cl- class of the WFA pro division. Coach Terry, I think it's totally unfair, but anyways, uh, you bring two international running backs into the mix, and um, we had talked to Mark last week, and the Storm, uh, T. Kusinen, obviously showed up in Tampa Bay <laughs> and took care of business. So um, uh, very impressive, two uh, international running backs, Mata and Kusinen, uh, doing their part and, and on top of all the other uh, renegades that are normally standout. A, a good coaching pedigree there as well as, as a stable unit mm-hmm. so it kind of shows especially right now two weeks into the season um the champs are proving to everybody else that you got to get to their level in order for it to matter at this point exactly exactly well said i mean boston was already really good like you said they have an elite coaching staff uh, along with a lot of very good players and so um, they were already tough before when they had mata then they added the other running back the big bruiser and so that one-two punch is really hard to, hard to um, face for opposing defenses. I mean, when you have somebody like Mata who can get the edge and break away and make people miss and outrun most players, and then you have to deal with – you said her name is Kusinen? Is that right? Yeah, Tidy Kusinen. Yeah. So if you have a player like her who can, you know, be a bruising back between the tackles, that's just really hard for a defense to handle um, because, you know, it's one thing to, to plan for a scat back who's really quick, when you have somebody to compliment her that's completely different and bigger and stronger <laughs> and a bruiser, um, good luck. Good luck playing it for both of them. All right. So, uh, Coach Terry, crucial WFA pro game coming up in week five, right, for the WFA. Mm-hmm. 
DC Divas, one and one. Tampa Bay Inferno, one and one. So DC travels, I believe, to Tampa from what I see on the schedule here. So uh, it's a very crucial pro game for these, both of these programs. And to stay in the hunt, even for a playoff spot, this is a crucial, you know, you got to win it. Because if you lose it, you're really under the hole now. Yeah, um, obviously it's, it's a really big, big game for both teams. I'm really intrigued by how the game's going to go. I would say it, at, first, at first glance, you would, you would think that D.C. Would, would take care of business, but if the game's going to be in Tampa, um, and if you, if you compare, since they have, a, they have a, a common opponent, which is crazy because the season just started, but you know, Boston beat Tampa Bay 47-0, to and then when Boston played D.C., it was 69-28. to so, so on paper, it looks like Boston had a little bit easier time scoring against D.C., um, but also D.C. was able to put points up against Boston, which Tampa Bay was not. So on paper, I know football isn't played on paper, but on paper it looks like D.C. is slightly better than Tampa Bay, but it's not by much. Um, and so I think it's going to be a great game. And now Boston uh, is going to, I think, take a week off. They're not playing next week, but they're going up against Pittsburgh. This is the, one of the games that I really want to see, Boston-Pittsburgh week five at this point. So uh, let's finish up the rundown for week three here. Uh, mm-hmm. It's, I believe, it's the week three rundown. I mean, if I'm correct. Uh, yeah, week three rundown here. Let's go with the week three. Uh, week three the Division three champions, uh, outcast 42-6. to six. Uh, they get their first clash next week. I believe it's Cali War, Coach. It's a big test for them yeah. against Cali. Cali gets a, a forfeit win against Kern. So they technically want to know if you you know want to put it that way. And Arizona's coming in in real hot, 3-0. and Yeah, yeah, that'll be an interesting game. Like you said, um, playing a team like Cali War or Nevada Storm is a great way to kind of give your team a litmus test about where you're at as a team. So, um if Arizona is facing off against Cali Ward, that'll be a great test for them. So we'll see how they, we'll see how they handle that. All right, Northwest Battle is coming up here uh, week four. Portland fighting Shockwave, taking on Capital Pioneers, both 2-0. and This is going to be an interesting battle right here. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of hard to say um, what direction or how that game will go, but I'm intrigued to see. Um, Portland Shockwave are, are not the team that they used to be. Um, but they still are a team. They're not a, they're not a bad team. Uh, where they stack up against other teams, it, it remains, remains to be seen. So we'll see how that one goes. All right, my mistake. Uh, Boston is not on a bye. That was, I, that, my yeah. notes were wrong. Let me just Sorry, put it on hold. Okay. <laughs> that, was my, that was my mistake. Um, Boston taking on Detroit. Uh, shout out to Detroit yeah. for that good win this past week. Um, they took care of business. Now they get to clash against the champs. Uh, one and one, um, and then uh, you got St. Louis taking on Derby City as well, D2 versus D1, and then you have uh, Dallas coming off that 39-0 victory, which they needed to get, so they're one and one. Now they're taking on their rivals, uh, Arlington 2-0 and there. So really three of the pro um, in action this coming week, four. So uh, which one are you more intrigued to look at? We have Boston, Detroit. Um, you said what are, the, what are the other two that you mentioned? Uh, we have Dallas and DC. DC taking on Baltimore. You got Dallas against Arlington, and then it's St. Louis okay. Derby. 
Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to go with St. Louis Derby. Um, I think that if Dallas is playing Arlington, I like Arlington's chances. I'm not that impressed with Dallas this year. I think it's – I'm not going to say anything that's like off-putting, but (laughs) I just don't – I think Arlington's a a different tier of team than Dallas uh, without sounding too insulting. And then the uh, other game with Boston in Detroit, I think Detroit's already proven earlier this season um, that they have some work to do against the top teams when they played Pittsburgh. And so that's going to be tough for them to go against Boston because Boston's on a different level from everybody else. But the third game you mentioned, St. Louis versus Derby City, is intriguing for different reasons. Um, unfortunately, St. Louis is not the team that they have been in the past, as, um, as we've seen you know, with, with their results against – they just played Minnesota, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, so that game unfortunately didn't go you know, very well for St. Louis. And so it kind of lets us know where St. Louis is now as a team. And we know with women's football, every, every year, you know, teams are going to have turnover. Um, certain coaches come back or don't come back. And so every year is kind of a new year. Um, but since St. Louis is not the team they have it in the past, that game against Derby City becomes very intriguing. Derby City has also had some disappointments this season with their results. Yep. Um, they, they lost to a team that's um, not that established. And so that was, that was kind of a shocker. And so this game, it's kind of hard to say, man. <laughs> I mean, as, as a football fan, um, I'm intrigued to see how it goes. Um, but Derby City was the D3 champions, ch- champions last year. They've had a disappointing loss already this season. So has St. Louis. And so um, I'm, I'm excited to see how it turns out. Well, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm on your point. Both programs yeah. have probably made adjustments for this year, and not the, they right. were not the stable franchises of last year, to your point. So there's been a lot of changes right. in both programs, and you can tell right yeah, off the bat. So it's a big test yeah. for both programs, to your point, as to who's going to mm-hmm. stand out, right? As who's go, who goes Absolutely. to two and one and who's going to go to one and two. Yep. Pivotal game. Yeah, St. Louis and Pro cannot afford to go to one and two because that's not going to be really good. Uh, not that Derby needs the loss, but overall, they're both, uh, both in a situation, whether they're in Pro or D2, uh, where they can't afford a, a loss at this point. So, um, I think yeah. Derby, it's, a, it's a home game for Derby, so that's impressive. Um, Baltimore revenge against DC. What do you think of that? You think uh, we get a revenge against DC, or is, I mean, think Divas pull it away again? Yeah, I feel good about the Divas in that one, um, based on what I've seen from Baltimore um, so far this season. I mean, the Divas did not, you know, um, look great against Boston, but there's, you know, Boston is one of one. There's only one team that is the Boston Renegades. And so um, I think that, you know, D.C. will be able to handle, handle the business against Baltimore. I think they're – I mean, if you put them in different tiers, you know, like Boston's obviously in Tier 1. I would say D, the Divas are in Tier 2, and um, I would put Baltimore in a tier below that, probably Tier 3. Um, but as, as a rule of thumb in women's football, I feel like there's around five tiers to uh, – Yeah. Especially the WFA because there's so many teams. The level. And so yeah. it's just – yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Coach Terry, let's round out here before we bring in uh, Danielle Ayala here. Uh, crucial game, uh-huh. Minnesota, Nevada. That will be the uh, game of the week for, for the fans, as we, as we said before. Uh, Nevada, mm-hmm. not a, such a hot start against Mile High, but they did get the win. Minnesota, completely on a different level here. So, uh, big test for Coach Garza and, and the Storm this week. 
Very much so. This is one of the games I was looking forward to when I saw the WFA schedule come out because um, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Nevada Storm and their coaching staff and their players, just their organization from top to bottom. Um, I'm also a fan of the Minnesota Vixen. And so, you know, since Minnesota played Boston as tough as they did in last year's championship, I've been very eager to see how they can follow, follow up with that this season. And so, so far, so good. If Minnesota beat, you know, Iowa Phoenix in week one, 55 to zero. Then they came back and almost did the same thing to St. Louis slam 41 to six. So Minnesota Vixen off to a great start. Um, you can't really say the same for, for the Nevada storm, even though I wish I could. Um, I was at the game when they played in Denver, they played my former team. Um, that score is, what was it? Around like 22 to eight or something like that. Let me see here. Pro. So I was at that game. And one of the things that I, I, I regret not mentioning to you guys before last week's episode was their star running back, Jasmine Plummer, for Nevada, unfortunately mm-hmm. had a really bad injury. So she got injured several times in that game, but the last time was a bad injury where she didn't come back. She was on the bench. You know, it looked like it could be a possible serious knee injury, which is devastating. Um, you know, as a football fan of women's football, you want to see the best teams play. You want to see them play with their best players. And, um, you know, Jasmine Plummer scored the first touchdown of the game. She's obviously a, a very dynamic running back. I kind of um, compare her to Najee Harris in the NFL, and so I love watching her play. So she is indeed in, injured um, for the rest of the season or for a while. Not having her versus a team like Minnesota does not bode well for the Nevada Storm. Um, I think Nevada Storm has a great coaching staff. I love their system. I love their play calling. They do a lot of things the right way, but Minnesota Vixen is kind of in a different class right now. And so they have – the helps that it's going to be in Reno. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that. You know, playing at home is going to help a little bit, but they really have their hands full with the Minnesota Vixen. So I, I unfortunately, um, even though I'm good friends with Chris Garza, I, I would have to go with Minnesota for this one just based on what I saw versus Mile High and just, you know, being realistic and not being a homer. Yeah, no, it's, it's going to be a tough battle. Uh, expectation, obviously, they're going to compete as much as they can. Right. Uh, a next next man up, as they say, right? They're going to have to find another uh, another stable running back to compensate for, uh, you know, Jasmine Plummer's uh, injury. So it's going to be crucial. Yeah. yeah, Grace Cooper taking on the Nevada Storm. You know, the champs, both uh, both champions, basically finalists in last year's uh, in Canton. So interesting matchup uh, for the fans. Game of the week. That be interesting matchup. So if you get the rundown on WFAProFootball.com, you can go right there and get all the rundown of all, everything, all the results that happened in uh, week three. Uh, week four action is going to be very intense, so check it out right there as well. Um, you go right there, WFAProFootball.com. All right, so we're going to go into the hot old coach, and we're going to be bringing in the talented New York Wolves uh, quarterback, and that's Danielle uh, Ayala in a second here. Is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. All right, guys, don't forget, go to Monkey Night Fight right now. NBA playoffs on right now. NHL, MMA, PGA. Use the code NJF, get your $5 free play, make up to $30 on a good play on more or less concept. So let's bring in the Danielle Ayala of the uh, New York Wolves, the WFA top squad right now in D2. Danielle, how's it going tonight? 
Hi, Oscar. How are you doing? Doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> All right. Alongside the coach, Terry Lister, you're probably familiar with, um, on here we're going to be drilling you pretty much for the next uh, 25 <laughs> minutes. Here, so I hope, no, I hope no, you're prepared for nice. that. Nice. Um, yeah, I'm used to it. You know, being on the field as a quarterback, I'm used to getting, getting that, that pressure. So come with it. All right. There will be different reads, okay? Hopefully no one <laughs> <I got> you. <laughs> She's qualified. It's all good. She's qualified, yeah. Uh, Danielle, what a hot start for the transformation of the Sharks to the Wolves here, season off. You come in here, uh, I mean, the first two weeks here, you're taking on Connecticut here next week as well. They're one and mm-hmm. two. So very interesting matchup. But what do you say of the first two weeks so far uh, under your uh, leadership here for the Wolves? I mean – You know, it's just been pretty awesome, um, you know, coming back. Uh, Obviously, we we were out for two years, um, given the COVID year where nobody played. And then last year, we we still couldn't play in New York. So it's been great to get back on the field. Um, We've been super excited. And, you know, we couldn't wait. We couldn't wait to start playing again. All right, uh, Danielle, uh, I know everybody's on social media. You can get a little bit you know, above everything else and go, okay, we're that good. Everybody's flashing you out there. But Massey is claiming that you are the number one team in D2 right now next to Baltimore. So uh, that's got to be good good things for your program. And then you know how it works at the end of the year with Massey. You know, you got to put up some points. You got to beat your opponents when you got to, you know, beat the opponents. So uh, everything seems to be going on track for you guys right now through two weeks. Yeah, I mean, look, we're – shaking off the rust we've shaken all that off and now we're like ready to get into the meat of our schedule and you know put up big numbers um we're we're, we're ready to make a playoff run and and get to canton that's that's just the goal right now yeah i mean it's just it's impressive um what do you say about yourself uh what's what's changed uh between the 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 time that you guys were off at this point were more training for you What, what did you do different to prepare for this season uh, yeah, I trained a lot. Um, <clears throat> over the two years, we've had virtual practices and stuff, so we've gone over a lot of film. Um, and just basically, me personally, have um, trained around that and getting better at what uh, what I lacked in the 2019 season. So since then, you know, just trying to improve more. Um, you know, gaining experience now it has has an even more uh, better effect on, on what I'm doing on the field. Now you've experienced uh, championship level football you, in 2018. You also international championship football. So as a veteran mm-hmm. of this team, uh, you know, that obviously is beneficial to all the rookies. Um, so I'm, I'm assuming everybody's understands, you know, where we're going and where we need to get to, right. Especially if you're going to go to Canton. Oh, yeah, like we have a lot of veterans that are still with us from that championship season for both the national and international championships. So, you know, we've all really have drilled it into the rookie's head, like, listen, this is – if you guys really want to play ball, like this is how it's going to be done. And, you know, you you just got to roll with it. And, you know, we have a lot of rookies this season, a lot more than I've ever seen. Um, so they were all on board and they were all – willing to put in the work they were all 
you know, go, like on go, like they were ready since day one. So, you know, we're all, since we're all on the same page, we're, you know, we're ready. We've been ready to go since day one. So, yeah, like a lot of our veterans are are excited because we have rookies that are uh, willing to do that and just do whatever it takes to get there. Now, D2 is going to be really contested um, as we get deeper into the season, midseason, and obviously into a, a pre-playoff state. So you got Baltimore, Houston, uh, Mile High, mm-hmm. Columbus. So there's a lot, of, a lot of teams outside of your normal schedule at some point you're going to have to face. So um, is it staying consistent going to be the key for you guys, just one week at a time, as everybody tells me? Yeah, I think it is just one week at a time. I mean, it's, it's always the same in football, right? Like, you just have to go one week at a time. You don't want to get ahead of yourself. Um, you don't want to underestimate anyone in this league, you know, as as history, you know, has has shown, like, D3 teams has beaten D1 teams or D2 teams, you know what I mean? So you don't want to underestimate anyone. So it's just one week at a time, just focusing on our next opponent and just keep it like that. All right, I'm going to dive it in here to the coach because he's got a different perspective than I would as a fan. So let's have Terry pick your brain here. <laughs> so, uh, hey, coach. Couple, couple, hey, what's up? So a couple questions for you. My first question would be, since you were with both teams, um, you know, the, New, the other New York team and now the New York Wolves, what would you mm-hmm. say the differences are between those two teams? Like, do you feel like it's pretty similar or the experience is totally different or the culture is totally different? I think we have a similar culture. A lot of the coaches that we've had for the Sharks uh-huh. are still with us. Gotcha. So the culture is about the same, yeah. It's just the difference is the players. You know, a lot of players either retired or left after the last New York Sharks season, so now we're just, you know, transitioning into a new organization. Gotcha. So so turnover mm-hmm. with the players that dropped off after the last championship, and then um, so basically just the influx of new players, but besides that, mostly the same. Yeah, just about. Gotcha. Okay. And then while I was looking at your schedule, the one thing that jumped out to me was you guys have played three games and you've give, mm-hmm. given up zero points. So yeah. I know you're going to be a little bit biased because it's your team, um, but since you go against your defense all the time in practice, would you say that, you know, the Wolves defense is that serious or it's been a, a, a mixture of teams that haven't been that challenging offensively? No, our our defense is that serious. I think we've had a great defense over the years. Like, I mean, yeah. who wouldn't say that? You know what I mean? But I'm I'm yeah, being of course, serious. Of course. Of course. You know what I mean? Like, it, and I I think also that's what allowed me as a quarterback to get better is because our defense is so good. You know, like yeah, it helps you. going yeah. against them every mm-hmm. single practice. It makes not only them better but us better as an offense, and it just helps have that balance. So yeah, they are that serious. I got gotcha. you. Fair enough, fair enough. I, I was kind of expecting <laughs> you to say something close to that. But um, my last question for you is, as far as your schedule so far, you guys are 3-0. and You guys have the mm-hmm. inside track, especially on that side of D2. Um, the remaining schedule is Connecticut, Baltimore, and Tri-State. So mm-hmm. when I saw the schedules, the um, score so far, we saw your first time against Tri-State was 24-0. Um, so I, I guess my question for you is, who do you guys have your eyes on? You know, on the on the the, uh, the D two side of the uh, side of the ball. Like, are you guys have your eye on Baltimore because they're in the East? Do you have your eyes on you know Houston or my former team on the other side, or or is like you said, it's just week week by week and whoever you get, you get. I mean, you know, 
like I said, it's just week by week. But I think, you know, in yeah. terms of having to see people in, in playoffs, I mean, obviously Baltimore is one of the top teams in the division. So, you know, that'll be a great matchup. And, yeah. you know, basically put us where – give us a, a gauge of how we are going to see ourselves in the playoffs. Because, you know, I know yeah. that they may be a team that we actually play in the playoffs. So, That'll that'll be a good game. I think that'll be something to look forward to. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I like that as, from a coaching perspective. You guys are playing Baltimore in that fifth game, and it's almost like a free scout, right? Like even if they mm-hmm. were to somehow win that game, you would be able to you know get them back in the playoffs. So so it's it's dope to be able to face them in the regular season just to get a taste, see where you're at. Oh yeah, so, couldn't agree more. But yeah, that's all I got, Oscar. I don't want to grill too much. Um, just some basic questions. You covered a lot of what I was going to ask anyways, but I appreciate the time. Oh, thank you. All right, Danielle, uh, we brought you to bring, uh, we wanted to bring you on here because uh, you got a lot of fanfare going on here, especially with, uh, with your success, early success here within two weeks in the WFA. And we're following it obviously exclusively at the hub. Um, but you know what, uh, what a, what a cool, uh, uh, what do you, uh, Wilson promo, uh, there, I mean, you look pretty pretty intense there. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, that was a it was a fun photo shoot. Um, one of our rookies, she's actually a partner for Wilson, so she was like brought a brought a couple of people from the team on, and that was one of our one of our photos that we took. So it was pretty fun. Well, it kind of embodies uh, your seriousness for for your position, and obviously the dedication you got to, for the sport. So. It's really nice that you're getting some sort of, uh, you know, promotional uh, push out there and also kind of mm-hmm. spotlights your team, which is a benefit altogether, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Love, love getting our team out there. All right, so New York, uh, we expect you to arrive in Canton and hoist the trophy. No pressure, as we tell people here. <laughs> no pressure at all. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you know, it's, it's uh, in all seriousness, it's going to be pretty competitive, as Coach just mentioned here with your uh, with your uh, schedule coming up here. So we got Connecticut mm-hmm. this weekend. I'm assuming you've already scoped them out. They're one and two. They're obviously looking for the the even match here, two and two for them to try to stay in the hunt as well. So what what do you mm-hmm. say about the Hawks this coming week? I mean, just watch the film, <laughs> watch our film. That's all. We're coming. That's all. That's all. Well, I mean, defensively, uh, the stats show that obviously you're very aggressive on that side of things, and then offensively, you guys do have some uh, some weapons. So, can you tell us a little bit about your weapons in terms of the receivers? Oh yeah, I mean, um, all of our, I have a lot of faith in all our receivers, but I mean, like we have veterans like Gina Capardi, who's been an All Star for probably every every single year she's played. Um, Dia Cascone, she's a phenomenal uh, slot receiver. They're both inside receivers. We have rookies on the outside. Um, Stephanie Fogarty, she's a up-and-coming receiver. She's a, she showed her showed her uh, colors, and she's a pretty tough tough one there. Yeah. Um, and we also got Alexis Parada, who's uh, she was she was our kicker and turned receiver, and she's done a phenomenal job. I mean, like she's she's awesome. Um, so, like in terms of our starting receivers, like they're they're fantastic. I mean, and then we have like a, a great running back group. We have a great running game. 
Um, all rookies, which I'm very impressed by, they're all, like, very smart. They know what they're doing, getting in there and not being scared to get get into the, the trenches and get hit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, and, and the rest of our receivers, they're fantastic, and all of them are willing to come in and do whatever they need to to, to help out. So, yeah, I mean, like, our offense is, is fantastic. I, I have um, nothing but love and faith in, in everyone on our offense. Now, uh, the line is the only way you stay clean. So what are you feeding them? What's the enticement for the line for you to stay clean? Oh, man. I, 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 I don't know. I mean, just pancakes. Listen, look, just get some pancakes and, and they, <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they're, they're in there. Um, no, like, I, listen, they love their job. They love their job. So, you know, they have kept me upright for majority of the time I've been on that field. So I, you know, everything starts and starts and finishes at the O-line and they've done a fantastic job. So. Yeah, no, I know. The reason I mention it is because on film, they look very aggressive. You know I mean? They're not giving up mm-hmm. on uh, any on the corners because normally you get sidetracked or blindsided on the corners, but that hasn't happened yeah. so far at this point. So that's a good sign overall. Um, so, you know, credit to them for doing that. Fantastic sign. I mean, I mean, as long as I'm staying upright, I'm happy. That's a key right there for it. So uh, aggressively, uh, a lot of a lot of the teams. I mean, on your schedule, they're obviously you know try obviously revenge here because they lost the first one against you guys. Uh, but they're obviously everybody's looking for that win and getting to Canton. So it's impressive mm-hmm. for you to uh, you know to take that that role of leader and getting this team to another level and especially being spotlighted by a, a lot of noise right now, especially with Massey. Once Massey puts you on the map, it's, it's a credible, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it's awesome, but you know, now we gotta, we gotta keep it rolling and be consistent and just keep on going. Can't, can't, can't get our heads too blown up by all this fanfare. We just got to stay focused and keep, keep pushing, you know, no, I totally get it. Um, I know for for sure we're looking at Connecticut this week, and then we got what two more two more weeks after that. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how you guys end up if you guys end up with the big undefeated uh, marker on there. And then you know that going into the playoffs, especially when you finish undefeated in the season, everybody wants to just get you knocked off that first round. So uh, some of these teams are really going to be eyeing you guys now. Oh, I mean, I wouldn't expect any less. That's that's the no name of the game, right? Like <laughs> nothing less than that. But we're ready. We're prepared. We're ready, and we're prepared to to take on whoever. All right, coach. You got any other uh, any other things for uh, Daniel? Yeah, one last question. I just thought of when you were talking. So I'm curious with COVID, how that's been for your team? Because you know I, I'm from Ohio, but I live in Colorado now. Um, and I know mm-hmm. how it is here, where I live, but just based on like you know when you hear news and you hear you know news from certain parts of the country, um, when I think of New York, I think of like one of the states that has the strictest stuff going on. You know what I mean? Like as far as how they're handling COVID, mm-hmm. shutdowns at some points, like just not letting people do much of anything. And so since that's the case, I'm wondering how that's affected your team or not affected your team. Well, I mean, during the time that we weren't playing, it, it affected us a lot because we weren't able to physically see each other. Um, right. 
so, yeah, and then last year when everybody else was playing, we weren't able to play because they still wouldn't allow us to be on the field as, as a team or, um, mm. or host any games. So that, was, that, that kind of affected us because, you know, not seeing each other physically and having to do a lot of this stuff virtually um, yeah. really took a toll, you know what I mean? Like you, you not only miss football, but like you miss your friends on when you play football. So it's just like, you know, it kind right. of sucks. But um, thankfully, sure. you know, everything is semi back to normal, I guess, um, <laughs> at this right. point. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, you know, once like once – we were able to get together and, and start being around each other as a group. But like, we really went and focused in on that and just started, um, you know, just started training with each other, whether it was just the whole team or certain groups, certain, like, you know, little by little people going to training mm-hmm. together. But, you know, it, it did affect us, but, you know, it, it hasn't affected our, our drive and our desire to be on that football field. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm just curious about that. Cause I know it's how it's affected us out here in Colorado, but it sounds like New York was a lot more strict. And so mm-hmm. I'm, like, I'm like, dang, how did I even get through that? You know what I'm saying? Because we had to go through some hoops, but it's on a whole other level, you know, where you live. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, uh, Danielle, uh, congratulations on your early success here, putting the wolves on your back here and getting them up to a 3-0 and start here. Really impressive D2 um, casing. So we're gonna, we're looking at – on the road this uh, coming weekend against Connecticut, looking for that W. Then we get your, mm-hmm. a, a kind of a preview of what the playoffs might look like as you guys uh, take on uh, Baltimore at home. And then you guys are finishing up in uh, at Tri-State. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see where you guys fall. But uh, it looks like the road to Canton is a possible route for you guys. So it uh, looks very promising. Yes, it does. <laughs> All right. Shout out to all your teammates out there. Uh, shout out to Ellie Mazzola the, uh, out there uh, as well. I know she's back oh, yeah. 52 strong on that defense. Um, and then, yeah, you know, just, uh, the, the whole line, man. Uh, I'm telling you, that line <laughs> is, keep, is keeping you clean. It's going to be the, the, uh, the key to getting you to Canton. So uh, it's pretty, uh, pretty interesting. Shout out to the uh, New York Wolves offensive line there. Oh, absolutely. They're the best. They're the best. All right. I can't say anything better. But thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Coach Lister. Yeah. Nice talking to you. Good luck, Russ. Nice talking Stay to healthy. you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right, Danielle. Thank you. Continued success. We're looking forward to a couple more photo shoots from you in a more aggressive mode. And uh, shout out to Wilson for uh, uh, sponsoring out and uh, showcasing you as well. So uh, looking forward to con- uh, the win against Connecticut this weekend. Thank you, Oscar. I really appreciate it. Have a great night, okay? You too. Take care. Bye, guys. All right, uh, Coach, right there, uh, one of the top QBs in D2. That's right there. we got to give her a shout-out. Um, like I said, her line's keeping her upright, making good decisions, putting up double-digit scores every week now. So if you're the Hawks, uh, beware, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're like you said, they're so far so good. They shut out all three teams they played. Like you said, they put up double-digit points every single game. Sounds like, based on what Danielle said, they have a potent offense, good offensive line, good running backs, good receivers, and she's obviously a good quarterback. So, um, until further notice, they're kind of uh, the team to beat in D2, in my opinion. Yeah, shout-out to Coach Fabian out there. Uh, 
Alessandro, I, I think uh, he's doing a great job. So uh, riding the ship, three and zero. Can't can't. Uh, what do you call it as a coach? Uh, coach Lister, that is uh, what you call checking off the boxes, right? <laughs> One week at a time. Yeah, we're good to go. That's right. That's right. One game at a time. Just trying to go one and zero every every week. So it's great. It's great feel for that. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, coach the the uh, week uh, the week of uh, when they take on Baltimore. It's gonna be interesting because uh, uh, Baltimore's taking on DC this uh, this next week. We'll see how they're battle tested if they fall again or not. Uh, even if they fall at this point, that'll be a crew uh, a, a true test for the Wolves. That'll be their first challenge mm-hmm. test, I think, all in their schedule. Not to discount the rest of the teams but uh in terms of the division two state i, I think baltimore is almost mm-hmm. at that same level so we'll hopefully we'll see a very competitive matchup yeah we touched on that during the interview but like you said connecticut's a d3 team they should they should be able to handle them they've already played tri-state so they played tri-state it was 24-0 so it's it's fair to assume that they'll be able to win that rematch as well but um playing baltimore will be their probably the toughest game of the season and how that game goes will, will kind of give you a sneak peek on how the playoff run will go as well because, you know, it's, it's fair to assume that both those teams will be, will be in. So that will tell us a lot. I'm looking forward to the New York-Baltimore game for sure as far as the, the uh, D2 landscape. All right, uh, New York fans, New York Wolves, uh, pretty excited. 3-0 and on the season, D2. Massey's right on top of them. Uh, so uh, a lot of good stuff happening in New York, so that's why we wanted to bring her in, give her her – you know, there's Attaboy and shout out. Oh yeah, also Daniel Ayala, just a, a great, yeah. uh, great person as well. Great athlete, mm-hmm. uh, amazing woman, and obviously the leader of this uh, Wolf Pack. And they're obviously undefeated. So awesome job so far in D in D two. So um, we expect Coach Terry Lister for them to arrive in Canton for at this point because it looks like that's going to be the case. Yeah, I, I would be very surprised if we don't see them uh, representing the East. In D2 in Canton, um, like I said, 3-0, and haven't given up a point. You really can't do much better. The only thing they could do better is maybe score more on offense. But, um, you know, I coach the Denver Bandits, so I can't really say much myself. But they're doing great, so hopefully they can keep it going. All right, guys, if you uh, want to see Daniel Ayala in action, uh, Ellie Mazzola is awesome on defense. The hub right there, first and second half, New York Wolves, football as the, they took uh, the victory 24 to 0 right there uh you can also go subscribe to their youtube channel uh new york wolves football on youtube so check it out right there you can subscribe to them you get uh the action especially with the last three weeks of the season uh coach terry why would you not want to go subscribe to the wolves right it's gonna be pretty awesome football in the next three weeks i mean it makes sense to me how does team in d2 so check them out yeah check out the uh, new york wolves football Right there uh, with the uh, quarterback, Danielle Ayala. And uh, also go to, like I said, to the YouTube channel, subscribe there. We're going to be bringing in uh, two talented rookies in a a couple minutes here, uh, Coach. And you've probably seen them already, uh, Kylie O'Connor and Brittany O'Connor of the Oregon Mm -hmm. Ravens. And so uh, pretty impressive bunch. Uh, They're uh, one of the track stars. And the other one was, a, you know, obviously a former athlete in various sports, including uh, she played in the LFL on the, on, you know, the fast-paced game indoor with Seattle Mist. Uh, so two, two, two key players that Oregon's uh, looking forward to keeping for a long time, and they're contributing, especially uh, Kylie, they're contributing right there also. Pretty awesome. 
Yeah, yeah, I just I just saw them recently, actually. So, like I said, I coached Denver Bandits. We traveled to Oregon um, this past weekend, uh, which was a long trip for us. Uh, I think it was an 18-hour drive for the people that had to take a van. So God bless their souls for doing that. But um, most of us flew, and um, we were able to escape Oregon with a close 7-0 to victory. Um, but that game was ugly. I'm sure the players will agree. <laughs> so it could have went either way. And, um, yeah, I, I know – I believe one of the O'Connors is number two, who's um, one of the running backs, and she, she got most of the carries versus us. And so she did a great job. And um, we'll have to clarify what number the other O'Connor wears. Um, but, yeah, I was impressed with Oregon, impressed with how, how hard they played, and um, I think they have a bright future. So looking forward to talking to them. All right, let's bring them on to the Monkey Night 5 huddle in, uh, in a second here. Is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. All right, guys, don't forget to go to Monkey Night Fight. Use the code NJF, NBA playoffs right now, uh, NHL, NBA, uh, MMA, and PGA. So $5 free play on us. You can, bring, uh, you can basically earn about $30. If you get it right, more or less is the good platform. So check it out, Monkey Night Fight. Use the code NJS. Let's bring in the Oregon Ravens, and those are the two rookies, Oregon Ravens, Brittany O'Connor and Kylie O'Connor, into the conversation here. Uh, Brittany and Kylie, how's it going today? Good. <laughs> going well. How are you? Doing great. I'm glad you guys can make the time. Thanks to Leah for making the arrangement here for us. But uh, we wanted to bring you on because we wanted to spotlight some of the success that you've had so far in this uh, WNFC season. Sounds great. <laughs> yeah, appreciate you having us on. All right, uh, Brittany and uh, Kylie, uh, you, you probably got to see Coach Lister here with the Bandits, uh, so there might be a bit of taste there, but we'll just don't give him a hard time here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not no, at all. Not... Yeah, no, Oregon's awesome. Um, they're very – they're an awesome team. I love the I love their ownership. They're super classy. We try to be classy too, um, so I think we have that in common. And um, the game on Saturday was a really good game. I mean, it could have went either way. We were lucky to escape with a small, vic- you know, close victory. So I'm sure they agree with that. But um, yeah, I mean, I have nothing but love for Oregon for sure. All right, yeah, uh, Brittany, and what do you say about that? Uh, it's a, that was a tough loss, but at the same time. You know, here's penalties and plays, and things change. So what do you guys say about this past week? Yeah, I mean, like Coach said, it was definitely a a hard-fought game, and I was proud how our team stuck in there and, you know, only let the one touchdown. But, I mean, Brittany and I, both being rookies, we're learning a lot. You know, (laughs) this is third game of the season. So I'm learning so much every day and really appreciate and enjoyed playing the Bannons. And, yeah, like I said, great football team and just really enjoyed uh, the reps and yeah, the experience so far. Yeah, to piggyback, Kylie, I agree. Uh, I think that. Oh, go ahead, Brent. Sorry, <laughs> no, I was just going to piggyback and say that it was great playing Denver because it was a hard-fought game, and I mean anything could have happened at any moment, and we know that. So that's where the the loss does being a little bit on our end was because we had the opportunities offensively to get something going, and we shut ourselves out. So that that of course sucks, but that's what we try to work on every day at practice. Is we're always trying to improve and and listen and learn from our coaches and each other. So, Yeah, it was a good, a good matchup for you guys as well because uh, Vittery played really well. 
Um, good, good movement on the ball as well for you guys. Um, Kylie, special teams highlights are your specialty right now, especially in the WNFC through the couple weeks here. Uh, impressive on your end. Uh, you're, you're basically one of the leaders on special teams nationwide. So uh, what do you credit mm-hmm. that? I mean, I mean, I think that special teams has been really fun to play. You know, I like having an open field. I come from a track and field background as a sprinter, hurdler. So I enjoy where I can really get after it and find some open space. And I think can definitely credit our coaching staff to helping me learn like where to find the gaps and where to make the cuts and just how to navigate an open field. Um, so, yeah, I would say definitely the, the speed uh, from my track background has been a uh, good, good benefit so far. Now you've had uh, some experiences so far, success on both sides of the ball. You guys are, you guys, you're playing on special teams and you're also playing, uh, I believe on defense, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we're both starting off and starting defense and all, all special teams. Yeah. We're out there a lot. <laughs> Oh boy! So how's the fuel? Are, <laughs> what are you guys? What are you guys drinking and eating for fuel? That's like an Iron Woman mentality for a whole <laughs> four quarters. Yeah, I think that's a, we're big on here in Oregon is, is feeding your body from the inside. So we are just always hydrating and eating. Oh yes, I have a very big appetite. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, I just I'm eating all the time. Always snacking on something. <laughs> Now, uh, Brittany, you come from a background where it's multiple sports backgrounds, softball as well, and then you played also in the indoor arena style, which is a seven-on-seven with with the miss. So uh, the football (laughs) thing is not new to you. So is this something that you just branched on to, you know, you got Oregon Ravens. There's a lot of teams in the Northwest. Why Oregon? Um, I mean, the the travel part I did when I played for the miss, and I was – Work, serving at the time, working late Friday nights, getting up early, driving all the way up to Seattle for practice, staying at a friend's house. I, I did all that. So I wanted something that was more local, something that my family could come to every game and watch. And so I happened, I almost tried out for the Shockwave, but it didn't end up working out. Um, and then came across the Ravens and an old friend of mine that I used to play flag football with and work with had posted about joining the Ravens. And I just got this spark and this idea to, to give football another go. And why not 11 on 11? Fully padded tackle women's football. <laughs> and I know it's it's been an, an interesting season for you guys. Uh, last year, uh, the team, you know, had uh, some injuries. At this uh, Last year, that kind of hindered maybe a more successful season. So this year, I think it's been kind of tough in a lot of ways, but you guys have played overall as a team a, a lot better, I think. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen a ton of film from last year, but – like we have a really solid group and a lot of you know quickness a lot of strength which is really played in our favor and you know, we really just you know bonded as a team and it's a really great group and we want to work hard and play for each other so I can see that as being you know a difference on the field really just wanting to get after it for your teammates. Uh, Brittany what do you say what do you say of Denver you guys played Denver tough the west is really tough you've played football before and this is is this another level for you guys, uh, competition-wise, each week? Because it, it looks like a dogfight in the West in terms of the, you know, all the teams out West are really wanting to stand out and get wins. Yeah, from what we've been watching and seeing in film all across the board, it just does seem like, especially for my position down there in the trenches, like it is. We've got some big girls across the league and some physical players, so we just know 
And I, I will shout out to our defense because we do put up a battle defensively each game. And it's just once we gel and get that offensive side, because we do have, we have a lot of vets, a lot of rookies, some mixed skilled players and football is a lot learning, a lot, you know, all these different positions and what your responsibilities are. It, it takes a little bit of time. And so we've, we've just been working at it and I'm excited for us to finally click offensively so that way we can actually put some points on the board and try to, try to get more shutouts or at least stop teams from scoring like we've been doing. All right. I know you guys got to get to practice, so I'm going to have uh, Coach Lister finish up here the interview and uh, really appreciate you guys making the time with us. So let's have the coach here pick your brains till, uh we, you have to guys <laughs> tune in for the practice. Yeah, um, yeah I'll, I'll be nice, ladies. At ease, at ease. So, um, so, so far, your, your eyes of season has been Seattle, uh, Utah, and Denver. Um, since I'm a nerd and I love football and women's football, I'm familiar with how all those games went. Um, it was awesome for you guys to start the season with an uh, overtime victory over Seattle, even though Coach Scott is one of my good friends. Um, and then the Utah game was interesting to me, ladies, because if I remember correctly, you guys played Utah really tough in the first half. Like, it, like the halftime score was, like, really close. And then, unfortunately, mm-hmm. the second half wasn't the same story. So, and, that, and then that's not, like, it's not a diss to you guys because Utah does that to a lot of people. Um, but I'm just interested to hear your feedback about how that experience was in Utah. Um, and then also, you just, like, how those games were for you as players. Because um, we know how, like, kind of how you feel about the Denver game. But I'm curious how you felt about, Utah and Seattle games as far as the emotional roller coaster, how the game went, what you learned, you know, good and bad, um, all the all the juicy stuff. Yeah, I mean, going back to Seattle, like I mentioned, that was the first game, like full game I played, and so it was really just bringing in the whole experience, and I, I literally played every snap. So by the time we we're in the double overtime, I was exhausted, <laughs> and when it came time to kick that field goal, I was like, okay, it's if I don't make this, or I, you know, that wasn't even across mine. I was like, I have have to make this. So I would say first game learning experience. It was uh, glad, glad to get a first win under belt. And I think going into Utah, I wanted to keep up the momentum. And like you said, the first half we were were in it and really fighting them tough. Um, I would say the second half we had quite a few injuries. I know I came out in the third quarter. Where I tweaked my hamstring and. You know, I, I know we are don't have a ton of depth. We have a ton of great players, but would love a little more depth. So <laughs> I would say right. uh, we, you know, we kind of let it get away from us, and that's something against you guys in Denver that at halftime, you know, mm-hmm. Coach Price, he said, you know, don't roll over. Like, we have to keep pushing. And I was proud that we really did that and, mm-hmm. you know, kept it strong. Yeah. hmm yeah, um, for me, Seattle, it, it was a big hype going in from a lot of the veteran players on that rivalry of the Pacific Northwest. So right. we were all amped and fired up just to go in to give that, give that, come out just guns blazing, whether we get collective and get things working or not. We were just going to come out fighting every down. And I think that shows all the way through the double overtime. We were giving it all we had every single play. Sure. And coming out with that victory was just best experience. And I think that's something that – the team all together is going to hold on to for a long time as a positive. And then Utah, man, they're just clinical. They just run that triple option so well. And we, even though we had our assignments, there were times we just, we lapped. We had a, a boo-boo. And uh, that elevation definitely <laughs> is no joke either. Um, and we had some people who were 
we sick or sick. Uh, we had a little bug run through the team, um, and some of us were down for the count, and then also we had injuries. So once those injuries started happening and people weren't sure they could give it anymore, we started to, to fall apart, and that clinical offense just took over, and we couldn't we couldn't rebuttal. So, And then, you yeah. know how we feel about Denver. We're excited going into L.A. Uh, just to see if we can keep this ball rolling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's what I figured. Like, I, I assume that that would be the answer because when I watched the film – um, cause I'm, I'm like the scouting department for Denver. So I, I have to like, you know, mimic your offense for our defense and stuff like that. <laughs> so when I watched the film of you guys playing Utah, you guys played them really tough in the first half. And then the second half, you weren't able to keep up and they, they were able to pull away. But what I assumed you would say is that there was injuries and there was like, you know, like, um, I think it was Kylie said, you know, laps and jet, like you, you do your assignment most of the time. And all it takes is you not doing your assignment one play, and it's six points. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. that's the nature of the beast. And unfortunately, with Utah's offense, um, you know it's it's all about discipline and doing your job. And unfortunately, all it takes is like one or two players to just take a play off or do something wrong or over pursue, and it's mm-hmm. it, it's curtains. So we, we both can relate. But um, yeah, I think <laughs> you guys are doing great. I mean, the Thank win you. against Seattle was. Was was huge. Um, you played us tough, which was frustrating for us, but awesome for you. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and the Utah game got 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 away from you. But like you said, if if your numbers aren't great, if you have decent numbers but not great numbers, that's kind of the difference, right? So like when you have yep. people get sick or people get injured, if you have really good numbers, it might not hurt you as much. But if you mm-hmm. have a lot of people playing both ways, like both of you ladies are. Um, it just you can't really sustain that, right? It's just it's too much of a loss. Or whoever you have coming in, they're playing out of position, et cetera, et cetera. And so um, that's something you guys can build towards. I, I have no doubt. I think you guys have a good culture and good ownership. And so mm-hmm. you know, it's just all building blocks for the future. Mm-hmm. Definitely, for sure. But yeah, that's, that's all I got, Oscar. I don't want to grill him too much, but I appreciate the time. <laughs> all right, no problem. Um, but uh, Kylie and uh, Brittany, thank you for making the time today. And uh, I know you guys got to get to practice and giving us some some real access here. So uh, congratulations on a historic double overtime in WNFC history. So just you guys are mm-hmm. just make sure you guys understand that you guys are in the books as one of the uh, one of the best games in the league's short history. So uh, pin it right there, as they say. So a really <laughs> great job, you guys, on there. The um, so uh, we watched that game. I think I've watched that game like six times already because it's so content and the last kick. Uh, so uh, the kick was awesome, just to let you know. That's probably the highlight <laughs> of the whole game. But can't take away from, you know, the effort, like you said, on, on the whole team to get to that stage, to make the win and to get it. Uh, rivalry game. I mean, it, every the storyline was so good. So, uh, uh, Kylie, awesome job uh, putting that kick together and uh, getting the victory. So, uh, to it's a really big moment in the in in terms of the WNFC branding. So you guys are kind of like in that history. Yeah, right. definitely appreciate it. All right, girls, uh, have a good practice. Uh, uh, fuel up and uh, uh, go get the the next W. <laughs> Thank yeah. you very good. much. Thank we'll you. See you Saturday. <laughs> All right. All right, uh, Coach. Uh, what what are you gonna say about these two? Uh, Rookies, I mean, they're pretty tough. If you got to play Iron Man, Iron Woman football, especially right there, I mean, they didn't they didn't say, hey, we we quit on 
on on on uh, Utah. They just said, hey, we just didn't have enough fuel left, right? Yeah, yeah, man. I'm, like I said, I'm I'm impressed with Oregon as an organization. I love their ownership. Um, their players are dope. Like I said, they could they could have a little bit better numbers, so they have more depth at positions. So when there there is injuries, or you know people get sick and stuff, it's not as debilitating. Um, but I, they're heading the right direction. You know, they they played us tough. They they squeaked out. You know, Seattle in double overtime, and they played Utah tough for a for, you know a whole half. And so that's they're making major strides in the right direction. I think um, as long as they have you know good coaching and their numbers get better every year, they know they're, um, they're going to be contenders in the, in, the, in the near future. And so hopefully that happens. All I'm going to say is if you're in the Northwest and you want to be on national, international TV on a weekly basis, man, you better get to Oregon, right? If you're in the Northwest right there, I mean, that's one of the teams that you want to be on because you get spotlighted every week. So there's a benefit right there already, you know? So, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not recruiting, but I am in a way uh, to help their depth out. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So they, I mean, they need to know. That so. Yeah, that, that, I mean, that's copy and paste for all the WNFC teams. Um, fortunately, yep. since we're in the WNFC, us being able to have that contract with Vire Network and have all of our games streamed, um, that's unprecedented in the women's football world. And so, like you said, <laughs> if you live close to – you know, the Oregon Ravens or the Seattle Majestics, Denver Bandits, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I, I would, as a fan or a prospective player, I'd be, I'd be looking to see who's the nearest team. And if I'm a, a, somebody wants to play, I, I would be seeing if that commute is doable and seeing if I can play because it's, it's really um, awesome to have that kind of, you know, the league showcase and people to be able to watch it. You know, like if you have somebody so there's in a country or a different state, you know, if you got players from internationally to play, Coach Lister, if you're yeah. just two hours away, that shouldn't be a problem, right? You got players coming from a different yeah. country. <laughs> that's that's a valid point. That's a valid point. Doable, doable, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, people coming from Australia, I think I think you can exactly. probably drive an hour or two. It's true. All right, um, Coach, are you hanging out for the other hour? Or are you bailing on us? I'll bail on you um, this week, but it's been good. Okay, no problem. We have a bye week this week, so, so I'm glad that I was able to join you. The interviews were awesome, and I'll definitely talk to you guys soon. Yeah, I didn't want to just put you in the pickle with the Oregon, but it just turned out that way. You know what I mean? It wasn't no, pre-planned. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> we both handled it well. It's all, it's all good. <laughs> for sure. All right, Coach. Thank you for the time. Appreciate it. Uh, looking forward to uh, another W this next week. And uh, so for you guys that don't know, 3-0, and Coach Terry, just a little brag, just put it out there. <sighs> well, our record is 3-0, but we, No pressure, 4-0. Uh, no, no pressure for we, the 4-0. <laughs> yeah. So we're 3-0, and but our, our games have been ugly wins. Um, we have not uh, reached our potential or anything close to that, and so we need to score a lot more points, as uh, my friend Luis Bean alludes to in our – our private chat. So we just score more points on offense. Our defense is doing a great job, um, but our offense needs to help them out. And so the team knows, knows that we have a lot of work to do to get better in this, this bye week. And so hopefully we can get things figured out. So they're ready, ready for the playoffs. All right, coach, keep grinding. Uh, looking forward to the next, uh, I think it's week six. So we're looking forward to the, the bandits going to four and O at this point. So we're rooting you on. So uh, thanks for coming in. All right. Talk to you soon. All right. 
right, guys. That's uh, Coach Terry Lister, uh, co-host of the on our podcast, In and Out, and uh, congratulations to him in, the, in Denver going 3-0 and in the season. Um, so it's pretty awesome. And then you guys can ca- catch all the WNFC games on Vire Sports. You can catch WFA Pro Football uh, Game of the Week on uh, the For the Fans as well. So we'll get the links for there. You can go to WFAProFootball.com, get the link right there weekly. Also, the Road to Canton week should be up, uh, I believe, tomorrow. So Brian Sweeney, Lois Cook, Brandy J., uh, Alex Westad, they're going to break down everything that happened in WFA Week 3, and they're going to preview some of the key matchups in Week 4. So uh, stay tuned for that at the hub at facebook.com forward slash square beauties. You can also check out the WNFC Checkdown. I believe it's going to be Thursday or Friday. Um, it's going to be right there. You go to WNF- WNFC on Facebook or you go WNFCfootball.com. You get the Checkdown right there as they preview the next upcoming week. So a lot of uh, women's football, top two leagues in the world right there in terms of access and visibility. And we cover it here every week on the best podcast globally, talking women's American football weekly. Uh, thanks to Monkey Night Fright for sponsoring the podcast. Thanks for Zazzle.com. If you guys haven't gone to Zazzle, go to Zazzle.com forward slash uh, Grand Beauties, the No Joke Football Shop. Get yourself a, a cool tee, leggings, and other gifts. Uh, save big. Uh, worldwide shipping as well. So check it out at Zazzle.com for slash Beauties, or you can go directly to the hub at the shop tab. All right, let's bring in the Oracle of women's tackle football, and that would be Mark Simone, the a.k.a. the backseat coach in the house. Hey, Mark, how's it going? Oh, it's going great, Oscar. What a week of football, and um, great to hear some, some interviews as well. And I'm um, ready to go. Well, Mark, I'm telling you, the O'Connors, they're not sisters, but the O'Connors does sound like a good group in Oregon that it's going to be very impactful for seasons to come. So it's the reason I wanted to spotlight them. Pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, you know, Kylie had two interceptions, you know, in in their last game. That was, uh, you know, pretty impressive. So, um, yeah, Uh, the Oregon Ravens have, like, you know, a legit defense going on over there. So they got, like, four fumble recoveries and two interceptions mm-hmm. against Denver, um, who also has a very good defense, as, as you, you know, you, talk, you all talked about. Uh, so, um, yeah, very impressive things going on there in Oregon. Uh, they're trying to put together a program. And um, it sounds, seems like they have some uh, pretty good players there to, to work with. I was trying to help them recruit, so hopefully it works. You know, try to get them some depth. Maybe that that will turn the table for them as well. So, but you know, try to help out It'll, as best as we it, can. It will help. <laughs> All right, uh, Mark, uh, your Renegades, and I say that very very boldly, your Renegades keep rolling like a train wreck uh, in terms of a train speed, and then the storm did arrive in Tampa and took care of business. So Kusinen, once again. Mata, everybody just contrib- contributing there. Uh, Cahill, uh, what what a win uh, for Boston on the road. Yeah, you're right about Kusin and man, she um, she rolled up over just over 100 yards and uh, three touchdowns. Uh, Cahill again throwing for three touchdowns. The uh, offense is um, just chugging along. Um, I would say their um, the running game is really really. Uh, pretty unstoppable at this point. And um, their defense, you know, they were lights out against Tampa Bay. 
uh, Tampa Bay didn't really have a, you know, a very good scoring chance till uh, the fourth quarter. Um, and even, even uh, they had a pretty good shot at the end zone. Um, it was actually Candace uh, Pistoli went in uh, for Kim Shaw quarterback uh, when they started throwing a little bit more because they couldn't get anything going on the ground. Anyways, Pistoli threw a, uh, you know, a deep pass into single coverage. Uh, it was a pretty good play, but, uh, you know, our defender made a play on the ball and got an interception. That was basically Tampa Bay's best, uh, you know, best scoring chance of, of the night. Maybe that's an interception. So that'll just kind of tell you, um, you know, what kind of rough going it, it was for Tampa Bay in that one. Yeah, I know. It, 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 and, you know, Renegades are just built different. And I don't want to, you know, sound like, oh, we're homers here, but they're just built different, you know. It's kind of like Texas, right? They're just built different, and the schemes are different. The coaching, uh, once they get going, in other words, is my point, once they get going, it is very hard to just come back unless you have, you know, a, a, a sort of a diva-like mentality when they put up almost 28 points against them. But if you're in WFA Pro right now, the rest of the schedule right now, um, it is seems like it's going to be a bad storm for everybody, don't you think? I, yeah, I think anybody who faced the Renegades is going to have, uh, you know, they're obviously in for uh, a very um, tough fight against a very good team. And one that's very flexible as well. They can kind of change what they're doing on the run if they, if they have to. You know, most of the time they don't have to. They are all very good at making adjustments um, as needed, and that makes them very tough to beat, uh, even if you have an excellent team. Now, if we look at Massey, uh, Mark, uh, Boston, obviously the favorite right now. you got D.C. coming in against Baltimore this week. Uh, hopefully that's not going to be a letdown for them. They get another W. Uh, Baltimore obviously not happy with their their week one you know performance against them, so I'm pretty sure they're planning to – improve minnesota uh this week taking on nevada and then you got pittsburgh uh i believe also right taking on uh, boston so there's some key games in this this come up coming week in the wfa that we got to look at because it's going to affect a lot of the massey ratings that puts you in the playoffs so uh boston like i said you can pretty much check off the boxes now i mean not that i, I want to be you know overly confident but at the same time you know given their uh, track record given their pedigree uh, you know, everything that's going well for them. It looks like, you know, Minnesota may be the only other contender that it looks at right now, given their short early season, that looks to be maybe arriving to for a rematch in Canton. You, you might agree with that? Uh, yeah, I might agree with that. Um, Boston actually doesn't face Pittsburgh for um, a, another week. They, they have, they'll see Detroit this week. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean – uh, Pittsburgh is definitely pretty much always a game uh, that's circled on the calendar. Um, so we'll get to see, you know, Boston and Pittsburgh go head to head, and you know we'll we'll see what kind of uh, uh, competitors they are. You know, they certainly um, are going to have a different look. I think, um, considering that they haven't been on the field for you know a couple of years before this season. Um, you know, their their personnel and their, their lineup has changed around, you know, a little bit. So um, they'll be a different team. I think it'll be very interesting. 
But to your point, um, yeah, I mean, out, outside of, you know, Pittsburgh and D.C. in the east, um, it, it kind of looks like uh, Minnesota, you know, Minnesota, we, I, th- I think, are kind of ex- expected to be the top dog in the West after um, reaching the championship last year. Uh, we're going to learn a lot more once they face the Nevada Storm this week. We'll see just how strong the storm actually is. And, of course, the Cali War is still out there, too. Um, they're kind of in a rebuilding mode, but I, I, I think they probably have a lot of firepower. Of course, they um, they had to take a forfeit this past week, so we've only seen one game with them. We don't really know much about them at this point. So, um, you know, it's uh, everything's kind of still up in the air, even in, um, you know, in the pro division. But um, maybe after this week we'll, we'll know quite a bit more. All right. Uh, so uh, WFA announces Women's Sports Network uh, signs a broadcast deal with them in terms of doing some uh, playoff broadcasting as we come into the 2022 season. So you get the article right there, uh, womensports.com. So expanding the programming slate for the upcoming season. It is a uh, newly new platform. It's a free and ad-supported platform, 24-7 streaming destination exclusively for women's sports. Uh, WFA hooks up with them. So we'll see what that transpires. Uh, so you go to WFAProFootball.com. You get the article right there. So, uh, Mark, kind of a nice change. Uh, you got FTF. Uh, we would get ESPN3. Uh, so this is kind of nice. Uh, exclusively WFA, uh, WFA Pro is my understanding that the broadcast deal will showcase. So that's, a, I guess, a good sign for some of those pro teams to get more uh, attention. Yeah, and I, I think that was, you know, kind of the, the plan, the idea behind, uh, you know, sort of the rebranding. Well, you could call it the, you know, a, uh, you know, reorganization of, of the of the league if you wanted to, but really it's, it's just rebranding of division one as, as the pro division. And, you know, that was kind of an announcement that uh, implied or not that the league is going to put more behind the uh, pro division teams and, you know, make, make the pro division the sort of the face for the entire, for the entire league. Um, And that, you know, teams in, uh, Division two and Division three, you know, wouldn't necessarily be afforded all the same um, uh, opportunities, and you know, I think so, probably, you know, some some people are upset about that or whatever, um, or they, you know, they definitely elicit feelings, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I think it's probably the way to go. Uh, you want to put your best teams out front, and the Division one team, yeah, and it's the same. Um, that we do not have Boston as a focus point. I think we talked about it on our group board. I'm pretty sure a lot of the a lot of the players have voiced their concern as well with you know certain teams not spotlighted by uh, the WFA. So this is somewhat where they need to make that extra effort, right, Mark? To just you got to pinpoint. You know, you got the best team, the best team in the nation, if not the world, in terms of the WFA is Boston. And they should be featured week to week. I mean, they're that good. I know nobody wants to see blowouts, but at the same time, if this is the best team you got in terms of the branding, they got to be showcased, you know, in terms of a weekly or biweekly method because this is it. You know, uh, between them and Minnesota, you got to put it out there because if it's good quality football, 
uh, you know, it's attention getting, right? So maybe we get a sponsor, maybe you get uh, a broadcast deal just on the fact that they see these two teams that are elite level football. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. You know, I was a little bit surprised that um, Boston have um, more game of the week um, appearances, especially given that Boston is the only team that has plays exclusively uh, pro division teams. So you would think that there would at least be, you know, two or three um, matchups that you would want to feature on FTF. Um, also with road to Canton, I totally agree. You know, um, you know, Boston is a team that should probably be touched upon at least once a week uh, in that program. And, um, and also just to take, you know, advantage of like the sort of uh, brand awareness that already exists, like from mm-hmm. being uh, featured in Born to Play. That was really big. And that got the Boston Renegades on national TV several times, you know, not just, not just in the film itself, but like appearances on, you know, NBC Today twice, all right? Actually, I mean, maybe three times if you want to count, um, you know, just spotlights on, on certain players. Um, Adrian Smith on Team Milk, right? She's, and yep. This is a nationally known person now. Um, of course, Cahill's reputation is, you know, out there. Um, people, you know, she's recognizable. So you gotta, you got to take advantage of, of that work that's already been done and incorporate, incorporate that into, um, you know, what you're doing to, to try and reach people because it's already, you know, it's already understood that, you know, certain elements, uh, um, things about the Boston Renegades, uh, resonate with with people out there, um, new people who hadn't heard about the team or even women's football before. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it should be a, a priority, you know, to uh, to put those stories up front. Now, every team has those stories, right? And those should be out there too. Um, but, you know, like I said, like try and take advantage of things that already exist. And the point I'm, the point we're making, or I'm making, is the point I'm making is in a branding marketing sense, right? We are looking at branding marketing, and that's something that the, in women's tackle football, since I've been covering it, has not been a strong point. But now you have arrived. You got several major sponsors. You got opportunities now. Boston should be streamed no different than DC. And, you know, shout out to Rich Daniel for do, making it happen, doing live streams on Facebook Live. That is a detriment to the brand. All the owners in pro need to pull their funds together or pull their efforts together and say Boston needs to be live streamed weekly for eight weeks because this is one of the best teams in the nation, if not the world, and that will get you attention. If you don't do that, then what are we doing to elevate the brand and the sport and to get more sponsors and to get everybody more aware? Who doesn't want to see the storm, you know, Kusinen, international superstar, UK superstar Mata, right, front and center, right. Facebook Live. How many views can you not get? Just omit Smith and Cahill right out of the picture and just put an international. Who's not going to want to watch that? They're, they're, you're going to have an audience, international audience to be watched no matter what. So there's a benefit and a bonus there for it. So, you know, if you're Lisa King, Jeff King, 
I mean, if you're isolating and not focusing Boston as the the best thing that the WFA has to offer, then you are making a big mistake. So just I'm going to throw it out there right now. Okay, somebody needs to emphasize that because that's what it's going to take. Right. I mean, Rich does a great job in D.C. Shout out to him because he understands broadcasting. He understands the realm of how to put you know a team into a spotlight. He does a great job locally as well in the community. St. James is a great venue, right, all that stuff. But if you want to put your best teams front and center, FTF, okay, Minnesota, great. Shout out. Minnesota's awesome. That's great. But you got to put Boston in that same light as, at the same level as Minnesota. You got to put the same effort as you, you know, for DC or the same effort for, you know, uh, Nevada or that kind of, whoever's your hot team with the best roster and good output of good quality football has to be front and center. So, you know, we're just brainstorming here and we're just throwing out ideas. But with the same token, if you want to penetrate marketing and you want to penetrate social media, you definitely have to put, you know, Adrian Smith front and center, Cahill front and center, and uh, T. Kusiman plus uh, Mata, right? Why not? Uh, It just enhances the WFA brand internationally as well. So uh, just a couple points there to make there. Um, Uh, Yeah, uh, I I completely agree. And, like, uh, maybe another way to put it as well is is that, you know, if you're going to have, if you're going to call your top division WFA Pro, mm-hmm. you, you have to provide support to the teams to, to to get their games streamed every week, as you say, right? Those are the pro teams. So no matter where, you know, it should be that it doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't even matter if, you know, if Boston's on the road, where they're going and who they're playing against. If that's if that's a a pro division team, they should have a stream for their own games, right? Now, I just I mean, as an example, this past week in Tampa, um, that game wasn't streamed um, because there's no Wi-Fi availability at the field that they had. You have to have a standard. I mean, I'm sure it's a good field. It looked like a good field to me, um, from what I could see from the game film, um, but. You're, you're shooting yourself in the foot if, if you're not at a place that can at least provide the infrastructure to uh, provide a stream, a video stream of the games. So it, it's having those standards, having those standards in place. And this is why the WNFC, I don't mean to make a, you know, a negative comparison, um, but this is why the WNFC can stream every game. So, you know, one of the things is, uh, the league office supports that happening uh, with real support, technical support, and uh, the same is that they, you know, they have standards for for where teams play, and, and you know they're able to broadcast that. So something like that needs to be put in place in the WFA to ensure that the pro the pro division teams have a reliable stream. Now, I mean this this is the thing that's plagued the women's football for a really long time. The NFC has figured it out for them own selves. WFA has to figure it out too. Um, so I guess that's that. Yeah, no. And I'm, what I mean is we have to have a conversation with FTF, right? We've got to have a conversation in that sense with the broadcast partners and we got to like just pencil in, Hey guys, these are the, these are the four franchises that we want to focus for this season, right? And here's, here's the four franchises that we really want to put together. It puts pressure on the franchises because now, you know, all the opponents on their schedule 
needs to have the same message, right? We're going to be on live TV. We need to have competitive football. Get your team ready because you're going to be streamed, right? Bottom line. Right. It has to come internally. Mm-hmm. It has to come to the players, right? It has to come to the volunteer and intern staff that's going to be on those games, right, to, to make sure it's smooth and, and it's good football. So there's conversations to be had. My, my, my only thing is just, you know, if you're the WFA right now, after two weeks in, we're going into, what, five weeks in, and you're not showcasing Boston and you're not supplying them with some resources to, to do Facebook Lives, you are making a big mistake because if they're not on FTF and they're not even on Facebook Live, that's an embarrassment, okay? Just throw it out there right now, okay? I, I mean, it's just the way it is. And if you're an average fan, maybe we're putting too much pressure on you, but at the same time, it, it has to be said. We're fans. We, we like content. And why would you not want to see the best football team on the planet live every week, right? It's just you're not going to – you know, you're, the NFL doesn't go, okay, the New England Patriots are the best team. Uh, we don't need to showcase them every week. No, yeah, you, they've got to be in your face every week. It's just the way it is, whether they blow people out or not. That's just the, the way it's got to be. So, you know, WFA Pro, that's my tip for you. That's a, my little rant, Mark, uh, for this week. You know, let's, let's, get, let's get the best teams on, on the screen, right? Let's get everybody to, to buy into it. I don't want to see, you know, a certain team that is just – you know, just blowing people out. That's fine. I, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm no, no knock on anybody that's on the schedule, but at the same time, you know, an Arlington, a Minnesota is not a Boston and a Boston is above level for me above everybody else. And if you're not showcasing the above level team, then you're doing a detriment to your branding. That's just my point. Absolutely agree with you, you know, um, and, you know, last week there, for the WFA, there there weren't many streaming games at all, and um, you know New York had their uh, had their stream up, and you know I, I watched a little bit of that. It wasn't a particularly compelling game, but you know there just there wasn't anything to watch. So you know I watched the WNFC, and you know does the WFA want that? You know no. I mean obviously they want people to watch women's football, but. You know, they didn't even have – they barely had any product to watch this late past Saturday. So so that wasn't really very good. Yeah, and that's, that's the point we're making is if you want to, you know, put quality football out there, you want your brand to stand out, and you want to be considered pro, then to your point, there's got to be a standard, and somebody's got to set that standard, right? It comes from the main yeah. office. It's, it comes from the, the ownerships in pro. All the owners in pro need to make a commitment to that, and they need to just showcase the best teams – week to week because you want a spotlight that. You're not going to get more sponsors. You're not going to get more support. You're not going to get more funding if somebody's not watching. So just as simple as that. You just got to get it done. All right, so WFA Pro, um, this weekend coming up here, we got Arizona, Mark, taking on Cali War. Very interesting matchup there. We'll see how, uh, you know, if, if Arizona goes to 4-0, if Cali War falls, uh, well, we got questions right there right off the bat. We're going to have questions. So, um, I'm pretty sure that's not going to be the case, but uh, stranger things have happened. Then we also have on the docket the rematch, Baltimore, D.C., coming up this weekend. Dallas coming off that great 39-0 win. I guess they hurt us, uh, and they're taking on Arlington this coming week. Uh, the Derby, Derby City Slam games can be very interesting in, in terms of the pro division. you got Boston, Detroit, uh, what is the other game that I have on here? Oh, Nevada, Minnesota, right? That's the other game. And that's the, I think, the yep. FTF game for the week. 
So that's going to be interesting to see. Um, and then you got passion against Tri-State. That's the only other two, uh, pro game. So you guys can go to WFAProFootball.com, get the schedule lowdown for week four. We'll recap week four next week. Um, so those are the, those are going to be the matchups right there in pro. There is a total of, uh, I think, uh, 22 games uh, for the um, weekend, 22 games in WFA. So, All right, Mark, let's go to Sweden before we get into WNFC. Uh, Sweden, uh, Division Two games, two matchups, uh, both of them with routing mentalities. Orlando, 60-burger, Gothenburg, 40-burger. I feel bad for uh, the Trolls and the Panthers, but uh, that's uh, the outcome you get the photos right there uh, at the hub. Yeah, it was burgers and donuts. Burgers and donuts. Uh, the, uh, the Trolls and the Panthers scored zero. So two shutouts, um, two big uh, big point totals for Gothenburg and Arlanda. And um, they soldier on, you know. Um, well, there are a lot of 1-0 and o teams now. Um, the three one and O teams, three one and one teams, and three O and one teams. So we're getting a kind of distribution you might expect after you know a couple games have been played. Interesting to see how uh, this is going to turn out for the season part with uh, Karlstad and Orobro in the mix with these two teams here. Normally you would you would have only like four teams in the actual um, Super Series. But now that it's all lumped together, it's, it's going to be interesting to see who's, who's going to be competitive enough in the lower division, it was considered lower division, uh, up against Carlston or, and, um, and Orbital. So kind of interesting to see how that's going to turn out. Yeah, it, it will be. And I'm not really it, – it, it's just so hard to tell right now. Um, you know, not, not every team has played two games even. So um, still a long way to go. It's a big season. I think it's 12 weeks, <laughs> so a long season. We'll be covering Sweden uh, American football for oh, a couple months now until we get to, like, I think almost the IFAB World Championships. So pretty interesting uh, 12 weeks, and we'll keep it up to date every week. You go to the hub and get the updates right there uh, from Sweden. The article's right there from Laggett SC, NWTSE. Uh, shout out to them for contributing all that stuff and covering women's tackle football in Sweden. So it's pretty awesome. All right, uh, Mark, let's jump into the IFAB World Championships, the announcement, the brackets. They're here. All right. So uh, now it's like now we're like savoring, right, like salvaging and we're getting our drinks ready, pouring in our alcohol. This is going to be a great matchup here. Um, maybe not that far. But anyways, some coffee maybe or cocoa. But uh, let's, let's get down to it here. Um, the U.S. will face Germany. Germany, the only team to score on them, right? That's uh, from my notes. That's right. That's so, uh, yeah. so Germany, I'm pretty sure the German team has much improved over the last time they showcased. So uh, it's going to be U.S., Germany. So Kelly Branson, uh, Brittany Bushman, uh, first challenge is Germany. So interesting, interesting uh, right off the gates. I don't expect an upset, but maybe more competitive. Possibly, you know, it, it's so hard to know, uh, particularly with Germany, because, you know, their seasons have been interrupted. Uh, they only uh, ran a Division Two in the last season. I don't know if they're they're starting up again uh, before um, the Women's World 
championship or not. But um, I guess it's just going to be difficult to know. To me, it seems like they might be the team with the least playing time under their belts over the last two years, just by virtue of, like, COVID weirdness. So So I would consider them a weak tournament, to your point, because we have no idea of, you know, what what their – the consistency, right? Because the tryouts are still ongoing. The teams haven't played over a certain period of time. Uh, So I would consider them. So, uh, Mark, Mexico, Great Britain, that's a great matchup. It's kind of like a a rematch right off the bat. So, uh, you know, UK is looking forward to, you know, taking down Mexico, the the bronze winner. So it's it's do or die. This is what I like about this competition. It's a do or die, right? Game one, it's, it's just it, do or die. Yeah, it's, you're jumping right into single elimination um, play. So, um, yeah, you got to come. You got to be ready to go right out of the gate. And that that matchup between Mexico and Great Britain, uh, the, I think it might be the best matchup in this first round here. Looking forward to All it. All right, so I'm looking at Mark. I'm looking at U.S.-Mexico-North American clash in the second round. I don't know if you're in the same boat I am. Yeah, I, I mean, if I were going to bet, that, that's, where, that's where I would put the money. Um, you know, I definitely think that there's, you know, uh, Great Britain is, you know, has to uh, mount an upset, but um, I'm, leaning, I'm leaning toward Mexico winning that, that game. And, and that's going to be a great class. Coach Giovanni was with us. Coach Giovanni says they want gold. So what an opportunity for Mexico to one step to gold. They'd have to take down the big dog, the former champs, and North American you know, powerhouse that, that is the U.S. So it's a big, uh, big round two uh, if we get to it now. I mean, if we just get hyped up for it now, it's going to be round two. That's pretty cool. On the other side, uh, Sweden and Finland, no strangers to each other. They're competitive in international competitions almost annually. So this is a huge, uh, huge uh, moment for Finland. They did not, uh, they did not very, did do very well in 2017. So I'm pretty sure that this time around, knowing that Sweden is their competition, they're going to be up for this. So um, who do we take here in terms of those two? It's very interesting because, uh, you know, the two countries uh, swap players like very, very, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's very common for, you know, one national to play in the other league. Uh, so um, it's almost like from a single, t- they're making two teams from a single talent pool, which w- kind of weakens both of them. Um but I, I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I think Finland definitely feels like they underperformed the last time uh, the Women's World Championships um, were on. Um, it's it's in their backyard again. It's in their it's in it's in their house. So I, I kind of expect Finland to um, step up and uh, advance to the next round. All right. So we're looking at Finland maybe moving on. Uh, you got Canada, Australia. Uh, we're looking at the same concept that we have with U.S. and Germany. Don't think uh, Can- right. Canada's coming to slide. Australia, really second goal round. I'm pretty sure they're going to be much improved in terms of the 11, 11s play, especially with a lot of players from 
Western Australia on the roster, so a competitive league okay. out there also in Queensland, competitive league. So, uh, so their roster might be stronger than it was last time. Uh, so Canada gets out of here if, if, uh, as my favorite. So we got Canada, Finland, second round. Um, I would have to give the edge currently to the silver, the silver medalist team so far, if it's just you know for pre-prediction. Um, so we're looking at Finland, Canada. Um, so we took uh, what U.S., Mexico. Uh, who do we have in the final, Mark? Is it going to be Canada and U.S. again? Yes, I expect that. I'd be very surprised if if any other team were in the final. So it's going to be interesting for the bracket. So we got our you know our March Madness pre-prediction brackets right here. So we're looking at a North American final once again. Uh, you know, U.S. versus Canada. Interesting second rounds in both, so really, really cool. You get to check out the bracket right there at the hub. Uh, you can go to IFAB Media as well on Facebook and get the lowdown of what's happening with the uh, international uh, scene as well. So shout out to Tercer Cuarto for supplying the, uh, the bracket to us as well that we posted out there. And you can go to AmericanFootball.Sport, get the lowdown on everything IFAB in terms of not just the women's game but men's sports as well. All right, Mark, uh, let's dive in here. WWCFL will kick off this weekend. Uh, you got Saskatoon Valkyries, Regina Riot. Uh, really good weekend coming up here in Canada. We'll keep tabs on it next week as the results come in. Uh, obviously, Saskatoon is very impressive team. Always, always, uh, probably the Boston Renegades of Canada. They've been put together a string of very successful championships all the way around. Yeah, I'm very excited um, for the. Uh... WWCFL to get underway. Um, it's it's been a while, so um, I'm just I'm very excited to uh, to wa- to watch those games and and follow Canada. I have yet to do this as a member of the uh, Gridiron Blitz crew. It's gonna be really awesome, Regina, uh, Manitoba, as well. So uh, we're gonna get it's four week season going to be very intense <laughs> uh one week you know you got to everybody gets in gets out you got to get in get out so very intense so yep. we'll keep tabs on it as well um we're going to keep tabs on everything that's happening south at the hub so you get the lowdown right there uh x league uh in june uh we got elite week six coming up here to find norte plus the fxx uh playoffs so everything will be at the hub so we're going to dive into wnfc to finish up the uh show here and get um, our in- input here. We're also going to have Nate Ward coming in here in a couple minutes, and he'll give us the kind of uh, scope and breakdown as well. Um, Mark, we, you, me, you said, hey, if this Atlanta Phoenix finds their offensive groove dangerous, they are dangerous. Yeah, they are. They, you know, uh, they, they put up four touchdowns. It's their highest point total of the year. Um, Still, their their defense was stellar. All right, Diamond Wright had an interception return for a touchdown that accounted for one of the four touchdowns that the Phoenix got. Sammy Shields had five combined tackles. Uh, Marcy Myers a fumble recovery and seven combined tackles. Um, you know their defense is is off the hook, and now they have an offense. Uh, you know. To, that has scored some points. Um, 
you know, I, I don't really know what to say about Alabama. I, I just, it's hard for me to kind of understand if this is just like a Jekyll and Hyde thing, you know, um, you know, Billingsley threw for 99 yards, but, you know, only one touchdown. Chardonnay Jenkins, you know, had the team high of rushing yards at 16. So, I mean, that'll tell you that, you know, Atlanta just shut that, you know, that running game down. And, you know, they passed a little bit. Mary Woodward had a decent game. You know, she had five receptions for 44 yards. But uh, it just – it almost seemed like Alabama just didn't have the ball very often. Um, and the uh, – you know, now we get to look at the Atlanta Phoenix in, in, in a whole new light, though. Um, putting up three touchdowns on offense. And um, now we really got to consider them kind of like the number two team in the East. Yeah. I agree. I would put that up there right right away. Um, if you're Molly Richardson, hi, El Molly. How you doing? How you doing? Beware this next week because <laughs> uh, this uh, this uh, this Atlanta D is coming for a serious takedown. Yeah, they'll be going. They'll be chasing after her, boy. So, yeah, that's that's going to be a tough that's going to be a touch tough matchup uh, for the Avengers. So uh, uh, Atlanta is just... after birthday present, Mark, <laughs> this week oh, in Atlanta. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Shout well out I hope they have a in the locker room or something. <laughs> True. <laughs> anyways, uh, just a, a tad joke on her. But anyways, uh, happy birthday, Molly. Great birthday for you. And now we get to, you know, get to go back on to real work, as they say. Um, uh, Mark, Kansas City for real? Kiki Blackman, uh, she was not very, uh, you know, like, okay, we're not going to be that great. She knew she had a great defense. Uh, Lauren Crouch just getting kind of started, uh, or is it just Philly bad? Well, I mean, I don't think that there's uh, any denying that Philadelphia is very bad right now. Um, I mean, this is another one of those games where, I mean, there was just offensively, there was, there was nothing. Uh, you know, the quarterback, Ziobro, was 7 of 24 for 21 yards and two interceptions. You know, and she rushed eight times and only got like four yards. Uh, it's rough. I mean, it's not I don't know when you're giving the ball away. <laughs> just the focal point of the, the phantom game plan. You know what I mean? Right, I mean, I mean, the rushing game was was nowhere either. I mean, like the the team high for rushing was twelve yards uh, wow. by Eureka uh, Fowler. So, um, I mean, obviously we know that Kansas has a pretty good defense, right? I mean, that's, I mean, are they are they like Atlanta? Because, I mean, there was nothing going on. I mean, I don't understand. I, Philadelphia is a is a big roster team. Uh, there's, no, there's just there's no excuse for them to be this bad. No. I mean, it comes down to I mean, there's a couple things. It's like, you know, you know, they have the players. They've got a large roster. Um, it, it comes down to either coaching or or culture. You know, I, you know, one or, or two of those things no are not up to stuff. Talented players, but maybe no scheme. So it's it's just an issue of that. You know, they can't put it together. So um, it's just disappointing. I think we're all disappointed that. Phillies at this stage, we we expected more 
from last season to this season. So it's sort of a, kind of a letdown in a lot of ways so far. Right. Um, Mark, Seattle, Hiru, two touchdowns. It looked like they came alive, but it is the Prowlers. So what do you say there, you know? Right. Yeah, I, I mean, it, you know, we're talking about like kind of a Jekyll and Hyde thing with Alabama. But if you look at the numbers for the Majestics, who have been sort of a very like woeful on offense, they just feasted on the Prowlers, right? Hero had three passing touchdowns and one rushing touchdown. Adrian Wilson, 61 yards receiving and two touchdowns. Mike Fortson, 140 yards rushing and a touchdown. And the the defense for the Seattle Majestics, who I think we all kind of agree has been the better unit so far, you know, they still got, you know, in on it. They had four forced fumbles and recovered three of them, had two interceptions. So it was, you know, feasting on on the Phoenix Prowlers. There's no other word for it. They, they just feasted on them. It was a good home win for them, too. Kind of a nice victory at home. It kind of showcased their offense again, uh, kind of give the fans something to root at root for. Um, we have a dogfight, Mark. It is two dogfights in this past week, and that was Utah falling 21-18. Uh, kind of, I, I, for me, it was kind of a shocker because it's like they, they had what they, they could get, but they also had penalties. They were, you know, giving Vegas some, some leg room. Uh, eventually, Vegas did take advantage of it. So, you know, great win by Vegas to tough it out and edge Utah. If you're Utah, uh, a lot of things to kind of fix. They were minor, but at the same time, they cost you the game. Yeah, mistake. you know, mistakes will really hurt you in, in a close game like that. Now, to Utah's credit, I, I felt they controlled most of the game, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the Silver Stars yep. were really not able to rush uh, the ball. They only, like, they had meager uh, success on the ground. And so they turned to the passing game and, you know, managed to take a lead late, right? Um, Cindy Lou Racing had uh, 177 yards with two touchdowns. Um, the 50% of her throws, 9-18. Um, and Danesha Key, 115 receiving yards uh, and two touchdowns. It was, it was all air. It was a big air game, um, which you don't see a lot of um, in the WNFC. And, you know, they were able to be successful against the Falcons' defense with that air game kind of in combination with some of the mistakes that, that happened, um, you know, uh, but, you know, the, I thought, I thought, you know, the Falcons definitely had a chance to win, to come back and win yep. that game. Uh, you know, Galica didn't have the best game. Uh, she, she didn't complete a pass. She only tried to throw three passes. And I mean, she got 67 yards rushing on the ground and a touchdown. Um, you know, Jameson was, was great, uh, 18 rushes for 106 yards and two touchdowns. Dean McDonough had 98 yards on the ground. Uh, it, it, but I think that lack of a passing game, you know, also just kind of hurt. You know, um, I'm not trying to, you know, put down Gallica, but, you know, when, when Louise Bean was in there, she could complete passes. She didn't throw a lot. 
complete them when they needed them. And it, it really yeah. helped that offense out. And that's just not really happening yet with Gallica. So, um, but, you know, their defense, you know, they did a really great job stopping the, stopping the run. Our own Holly Custis had a pretty good game. You know, she had eight and a half combined tackles and two pass defenses. Um, and they, but they just, I don't know, uh, Las Vegas just kind of took advantage of, of, of that secondary, I guess. And somehow got ahead and uh, kept that lead. Well, I mean, Phillips did play a better game. Uh, credit to them in terms of the quarterback. They did. Per- they stayed in the game defensively. They've had a good defense all all year, so really good. Um, Denver gets away. Megan Lewis touchdown. Oregon uh, gets beat by a touchdown. I mean, we just talked to the O'Connors here. Um, what a great game there. We talked to Tor- Terry Lister. Uh, like he says, kind of squeak one out. So uh, you know, if you're Denver, hats off to you for being three and zero. But offensively, you got to be worried going forward here. Yeah, yeah, I'm becoming more and more concerned about uh, Denver's offense um, down the stretch. Right, uh, you got to, you know, you, you got to be able to put. If they could just put more points on the board, then you'd have, uh, you know, you'd have a team that was more dangerous. Kind of in the same way we talk about Atlanta, right? Um, mm-hmm. They had a breakthrough this week on offense and scored three touchdowns. And um, so they're looking very, very good going forward. But, you know, the Bandits, you know, another one-score game. You know, I don't really know what to say. Uh, Tagaloa did not have her best game. You know, she threw for 46 yards. You know, no touchdowns and two interceptions. That hurts. You know, it's the interceptions, you know, she's had interceptions in some of the other games too. Those hurt, you know, especially if you're on the opponent's half of the field or in the, in the red zone, you know, any sort of scoring position uh, just just takes the wind right out of you. Um, So they they just have to do better on, on offense. And, um, you know, that certainly starts with the quarterback. Quarterback play has to be better offensive line, you know, has to be better. Uh, Mark, uh, elite, did not play elite for two two quarters, or was uh, Mississippi D that good? I think it was a little bit of both. Yeah, I think it was a little bit of both. Um, I, you know, in the end, uh, well, really, in the third quarter, you know, things changed very drastically. Um, and it, it seems brutal, like Panthers... Mark. <laughs> yeah. That was that was yeah. like not good to watch. And if you're Minis- if you're Mississippi, that that video will sink in your head for a long, long time. You you thought you yeah. were competitive, fourteen seven at the half. You put in a great fight, and then all of a sudden, the third quarter, they just they turned out and they're like, no more. <laughs> it's like boom. I mean, for what it's worth, I mean that that the last few minutes there of the of the second quarter was you know, pretty amazing for the Panthers. Um, you know, it, it, <laughs> but coming out for the third quarter, it, it was just, you knew that, you know, the Spartans were, were pissed. They were not happy with themselves, I think. Um, I, I mean, this is the first time that, that a team has scored on them in, um, you know, Double how long, <laughs> right? Double all season. Certainly all season. 
<laughs> right. And and they have two, and, you know, and they gave up two touchdowns, right? So, yep. um, <laughs> you know, I mean, Texas definitely was not happy going in. and um, But you know, I, I think if anything, Mississippi maybe got a glimpse of, of, you know, who they could be, you know, who they're aspiring to be in terms of their competitiveness. Um, they played well. I'm not downing. I'm not putting them down at this point. They did play well for two quarters. Sprints were not good. Uh, I think you saw some of those adjustments in the fourth where they could have been. So if you, you got to either you either got to go with the the uh, Housen Jackson connection or you got to go with Jackson only connection because I think that's their, their their dilemma right now. You know, Housen has a good arm. You can get it to tight ends. You got playmakers on the corners. Maybe that's the route you go for the rest of the season. Put Regina where she's good at. That one play, Mark, where she was out, the, uh, out on the left flat and she got thrown by Housen, and all of a sudden she takes it to the house. That's what you, you need. You need a quarterback that can get the ball strategically. You've got, you got a player here, that dual-threat player, that can, that can literally benefit you. So I think Mississippi needs to figure out that offensively. Yeah, I, I, I think you're hitting the nail on the head here. Um, you know, we know how dynamic a player Regina Jackson is, and we know that she can play quarterback. And she's she's very good at it, um, but at the same time, if you get her out into open space and have a a quarterback that can deliver to the ball to her, I mean that's that's a huge weapon, right? You have to really can you know heavily consider um, going that route. Um, you know, Shropshire is a is a is a good running back, so so you have that extra support there. If, if you're going to make that transition and turn Regina Jackson into like a, uh, a pass catcher, you know, they, they have it there. They just need to figure it out. All I'm saying is you got a uh, Housen who's been very durable in, in, uh, in Australia. You got the, you, like you said, Sharpshire wasn't, wasn't even in the first half, the second half. So use that as a balance attack with a good arm and you got playmakers on the side. You got more than one receiver besides, Jackson is probably the dual threat. So if you, if you right. if the team wants to, wants to isolate Jackson, there's about two other weapons that can be used as well. So, like to your point, they got to figure out this balance attack. And if they do that, they're gonna they're gonna be way better than they are. So, uh, if you're Cameron Veal, uh, that's our that's our a cheat cheat, right, Mark, for your benefit. Absolutely. You know, I mean, Panthers learned one way to not be. Texas. So take that information and kind of move along forward. And, um, you know, the next time you face them, maybe you'll get a better outcome. Um, and I think we all definitely feel like Mississippi has a lot of tools to work with here. Oh yeah. All right. Week five. Uh, I don't believe Nate's coming in cause uh, I don't see him on here. So hopefully he'll be here next week, but, uh, let's uh, rapid fire week five here before we get out of here, Mark. So, uh, Atlanta will take on Florida. Uh, I wish you very, very well luck, Florida. <laughs> so I'm taking Atlanta at this point. Um, oh, I'm, I'm assuming you're taking Atlanta. <laughs> Definitely. Um, yeah. So we have uh, – what else do we have here? Kansas City taking on the Heat. I don't think they're going to have a downer here, uh, especially with that D. And Houston, uh, you know, Houston's really, 
really good on, on, uh, on defense in terms of trying to keep everybody under 20 or 30 points, but offensively they got to figure it out as well. So I'm taking Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, hopefully the heat is, is improving, but don't expect them to uh, get a win here against Kansas City. So I'm also taking Kansas City. All right, uh, L.A., Oregon, this is a dogfight. This is something we want to see. Uh, it's going into a state of must-win at this point for both teams. they gotta get the, they got to get off the losses here, especially Oregon with that tough loss. L.A. as well uh, coming off of you know, really tough losses earlier. So now it's a, a must-win. But I'm giving uh, Oregon the edge. Even though I'm an L.A. homer, I think Oregon can probably pull this out, especially after the, they lost to Denver. Yeah, you, you know what? I, I mean, it's it's funny because I'm also going to take Oregon in this one. Now, I, I do like Los Angeles, and you know, uh, I I just I just think they're not sort of there's something unsteady about their play. Um, whereas Oregon's Oregon is definitely steady with their their play. Um, I think although I'm taking the Oregon final result because of not less. Less penalties, uh, less penalties on Oregon side, where LA has a lot of uh, more prone for penalties. So, I think that's the, for my edge there. Um, Texas Elite, uh, Washington Prodigy. This is your moment, just like Mississippi last week, right? Yep. It is definitely their opportunity to show, to show up and show out, and uh, we'll see. I mean, I'm taking, I'm taking Texas, um, but. Uh, you know, you you got to yeah, put some mortgage. Washington if I had to put some mortgage money on there, I would take Texas too. Just not not nothing. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. But nothing so I want to keep my house. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're Phoenix, you know you you got to look at yourself in a different way now because San Diego is going to murder you on defense. I feel bad for you on the offensive side. Yeah, I mean Phoenix already struggles. Um, on offense, well, I mean, they struggle on both sides of the ball. Um, but San Diego is not going to be easy. Um, you know, it's not going to be an easy task. Uh, this is not the Seattle Majestics, right? Um, this is the team that's expected to go to the championship. So, um, knuckle down, just start, start easy and try and make some games on first down. <laughs> uh, Phoenix has a problem with uh, just getting it together. Off- defensively, I think they have a good core. Unfortunately, the offense really is hindering them, and I think that's the problem. They're, dis- they're not disciplined on offense enough. Um, they're getting overpowered at the offensive lines. And if you're San Diego, you've already – it's kind of like a wolf pack, right? It's the San Diego's coming in and – uh, Mark, the meat's already out there for the Wolves to jump on. So if you're the Phoenix, you got to figure that out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this one this one could get really ugly. I mean, this could be like a 50-burger, 60-burger uh, if um, oh, yeah. San Diego is feeling, uh, uh, feeling like it. All right, guys, thanks for coming in. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Apple and iHeart and Spotify. Don't forget to go to the Hub, get the latest updates on women's American football right there. Also go to uh, Gridiron Beauty on Twitter for the latest updates on women's American football and NFL news. NFL draft coming up here. We haven't talked about it, but you can get the lowdown right there at the Hub. Looking forward to the next week's message, Mark. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see 
where these teams end up in week five of the WNFC. And then uh, your Boston Renegades, we're going to see if they keep it rolling, which I'm pretty sure that's the case, but we'll get to see it this week. Yeah, Boston's home opener. I will be there in person, so very exciting this week. All right, guys, for uh, Mark Simone, the absent Nate Ward, Holly Custis, uh, Terry Lister, Mackenzie Brooks, Oscar Lopez here telling you we'll be back for 4-23. And don't forget to miss uh, all the action, WNFC on Vire Sports, WFA on FTF Game of the Week. So check it out. Have a great night, everybody. Is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.